Right, okay, everyone, welcome to another instalment of the Devil in the Detail podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the Atalanta game from Wednesday, Steve Bruce's sacking, the fucking awful performance against Leicester at the weekend, and we're going to do a bit of a Liverpool preview as well, and we're joined by none other than True Red TV from TikTok. So, let's get right into it then. Deck. what did you think of the game on Wednesday night? Obviously, United beat Atalanta 3-2. Give us your thoughts on that, lad. Yeah, I was happy with the performance. I genuinely think that is the best performance that we've had since the opening day of the season, since Leeds. Yeah. I think Newcastle was flattering the scoreline. Um, I, but I think this one was flattering to Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta, sorry. Um, I think they had they had obviously the two chances that they scored, and then I think other than that, it was David de Gea. Uh, where Lindelof gets absolutely spun by uh, Zapata. Yeah. Um, I think that's literally all the chances that they had. And we had we had loads of chances. Even in that first half, people are saying we were poor in the first half. I think we were decent in the first half. We were a lot better in the second. But I still think we were we were quite good in the in, in the first half. We certainly should not have gone into the first half being 2-0 uh, two two down. 100%. Yeah. We, we should have scored. And then it was just lapses in concentration again we can't keep a clean sheet and we and with set pieces again have creeped back into the game like conceding from set pieces so there are still problems there but the performance was a lot better so i was happy with that um and obviously the the way if you're going to win a game and it's going to be you know difficult to come back from two goals down to win three two I mean, I'm I'm going to get grey hair if we continue this all season, but uh, so but stressful. yeah, what a way to win it! And Ronaldo yeah. getting the goal as well, of course it's him. So yeah, mm-hmm. unbelievable. But in general, um, was I happy with the performance? I was happy with the performance, and I think we deserve to win the game by more goals. Yeah, I was actually happy with it. And touching on that set piece thing, we brought in a specific set piece coach at the start of this season. I don't know where he's come from. But I don't know if they dragged him in off the fucking street, but it seems like he's made us <laughs> ten times worse. Like, he's meant to coach us from attacking set pieces. I think we had about ten corners in that first half last night, and we didn't win the first header off any. Atalanta have won, and they score with the, their only corner of that of the game at that point. Yeah. So I don't get what's going on there. But in terms of the performance, yeah, I honestly thought, obviously going in at 2-0 down, if you played well or played badly, people are going to be fuming like they were at Old Trafford last night. I was chatting to some lads near me. But in the scheme of things, I think the offsides that were wrongly given against Rashford kind of hurt people's perception of the game. Because mm-hmm. when he got played through and he got tackled by, um, what's his name? Demiral. Yeah. He was onside then as well. And he should have really pulled the trigger earlier. He had that one at the start of the game after two minutes when he dragged it wide and he was onside then as well. And obviously he hit the bar towards the end of the first half. So they weren't all golden chances that he should have scored all of them. But we could have easily gone into that second half at two all. Easily. Mm -hmm. And the Atalanta goals, like you say, I don't think we were shocked. I actually thought McTominay and Fred actually put a decent shift in. I thought Fred was actually very good. One of the best games I've seen from him as a United player. Hands down, definitely the best this season. Um, But yeah, they literally had two chances in that first half. Buried them both. Very clinical. And I heard Scholes and the like saying, you know, if we play Liverpool, they're going to put the chances away that Atalanta missed. But I didn't know what he was on about because they had two chances in that whole first half, that cross and then the corner. Yeah. So I don't really understand that. But I think there is 
There's some issues in the defence. I think Shaw and Maguire have been piss poor this season. I think Wan-Bissaka has actually been pretty good. Had a good performance yesterday. And we know Lindelof's just an absolute pussy at the back, isn't he? Let's be honest. He gets thrown around way too easily. Yeah. That yeah. thing was that thing was a patter when we, it was two one. The ball comes over the top and he literally just pretty much puts him on his arse straight away. He's just I do I do like him. I rate his passing. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Lindelof hater, but yeah. What what do you think of the defence this season? Because I actually think we played well. It's just the defence had two instances in that first half that they needed to cope with and didn't cope with either of them. Yeah. Uh so yeah, to come back on a point about set pieces, I actually think this season we've been better. I think the issue has been with Maguire and Lindelof back back at it again because yeah. I, the only set piece I can think of that we off the top of my head that we conceded other than that is Aston Villa in the last moments. I don't know if you can think of think of another set piece that we've conceded. I mean the Leicester, apart from the Leicester game as well. Uh, no, yeah, but no, uh, with Varane in the squad. Oh, so right, okay. With Varane in the squad, so Maguire and Varane are obviously now the first choice centre backs. I don't yeah. think we've conceded many set pieces. And then we've conceded three mm-hmm. in the last two games with Maguire and Lindelof back uh, uh, back in together. Also, we've we've kind of picked, you know, Pogba. Pogba's not in the squad. Who's you know he is quite good He's defensively. Tall lad, yeah, yeah, yeah. taller. I mean, when Matic is not in, we had quite a, quite a small squad um, uh, against Atlanta yesterday. Um, but yeah, I think we have improved from set pieces this this season from last season even. Uh, so I kind of disagree that it, we uh, we've we've got worse this season. I think we we're actually better until Maguire and uh, Lindelof um, came back again, and then we started yeah. we started conceding yet again. Um, a, a question to ask you actually, mm-hmm. because obviously there are there's more and more people starting to become Oli out, especially. After that two nil, uh, you know, you, you look at social media and you think it's ninety nine percent of the fans that are, that that are Ollie out. Was yeah. there any booze in the stadium at half time? Because oh, I couldn't yeah. hear. Yeah, so I actually got chatting to some lads and went for a pint a couple of minutes before the end of the first half because we were fuming. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I could hear the booze from the concourse in the queuing for a beer. So there was, it was quite loud as well. It wasn't wow. like there was like hundred people doing it. It sounded like there was a good yeah. few thousand because it was that audible. And in, on the concourse at half-time, all the lads I spoke to, different ages, our age, people in the 40s, whatever, had, had it, kind of had enough of it now. Mm. We're talking about the signings and how they've not bedded in properly. The Sancho signing is coming. It was like the last piece of the puzzle and he's just not deployed him right and he's not got the game time. Um, so a lot of people, because people like to say, like Gary Neville and people in the media like to say, it's only the fans on Twitter that want him out and that are fed up. Match going mm-hmm. fans actually like him. Yeah. We do like him, but people had had enough at that point. People were chanting attack, attack, attack at 2-0 down, which brought me back to the Louis van Gaal days and the Mourinho days, which was, was like being in a fever dream. Yeah. But, but... yeah, it, it, people, people were booing, people were booing. Mm-hmm. And actually, just to bring up that point, I don't know if you've seen it, I saw on Instagram um, a reporter asked Dolly about um, the booze at half-time and what what he thought of the fans' reaction. It was on Australian TV or American, yeah, so we prob- you probably wouldn't have seen it. But he actually had a little pop at the fans and said they're better than that and they should know better to do that and shouldn't dis- disrespect the team, which um, seemed a bit of a knobby thing to say, given how they played in that first half and how they played for the last few weeks. Yeah. If you want to try and keep the fans on side, yeah, definitely. it's not the best thing to say, Cause... but... On, yeah. I, I do think that's well. Correct me if I'm wrong, because you you've got season ticket holder. But yeah. um, is that the first time that there's been 
like booze ringing out at half yeah. time under Oli. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the, when I've been there anyway. Um, yeah, and it's, it always it always comes to a point like no matter how bad it was with Van Gaal, it didn't get really really toxic until just before he left. Yeah. Same with Mourinho as well. It wasn't like at some ground. You see it, I see it a lot at Arsenal. Whenever Arsenal have a bad half, no matter what, there's always booze, it seems <laughs> yeah, yeah. like. Which, well, Arteta's had a couple of years the, now, but I, see, I swear it happened at the start as well. The funniest but, the funniest uh, time that that's happened when, um, obviously, the fans were, were so long out the stadium for, for Spurs, and then the mm. first game back where there was fans, there was booze that rung out at half-time in there. Yeah. Uh, for Spurs, that was... <laughs> so like, like, imagine not, not watching your team for like a year. And then... they've, they've just been slowly <laughs> boiling away sat at home watching it on TV, haven't yeah. they? Yeah, but yeah, there definitely was booze, but everyone was obviously buzzing when we won the game. But um, another another point to touch on, actually, I'm guessing my stance on Oli still hasn't changed. I still don't think he's going to turn it around. But I've seen a lot of people on TikTok, Twitter, being so miserable and downbeat about the game. I know we spoke about this with each other yesterday. Yeah. But if you can't, if you're Oli out or whatever, or you hate certain players, or you think Bruno didn't turn up, which is just mental. How can you watch your team come back from 2-0 down? No matter, even if it was Derby in the League Cup or whatever, how can you watch that and not be excited and not have, you know, not enjoy it? Because even Paul Scholes seemed miserable. Did yeah. you see that on BT? Yeah, yeah. I just don't get... I, I just think, like, in isolation, it's a great night. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Have your only out agenda when we get pan 4-0 by Liverpool on Sunday. But for now, if you can't enjoy these moments as a football fan, then what is the point in even yeah. being one? Yeah, enjoy it in the moment and then... As the Liverpool game nears the day before, that like you can you can just just you you're allowed to enjoy things in the moment. There's no point thinking yeah. about the future as the sustainable like they just just enjoy the moment. I mean, it's not many, many it's not very often that these these moments do happen. So if you can't enjoy I mean, it with United, it kind of is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's and it's weird as well. It's the same old thing that it seems like we need to go a goal or two down to turn it on. And I just don't get why. It must be... I don't get if it's a mentality thing with the team or it's how Ollie sets him up. Yeah. But why can't we just play like that from the off? If we played like that from the off, we would have been two or three up by half-time. The game would be dead and buried. Having said that, I think this game, I think we started well until we can see the goal. It's, It's the same thing. I always say this to you and I always say it on TikTok. No matter who we play, if we play Stoke or if we play PSG away, the first 10 minutes of every game, we look like the best team in the league or in mm. the world. We, the line's really high. Everyone's pressing. Ronaldo was chasing loose balls. Mm-hmm. Rashford had that t- chance after two minutes when we completely cut the defence in half. And then as soon as Atalanta or whoever we're playing against don't even get a goal, if they just get a sniff or get past that defence, then that just seems like they revert to type automatically and then st- sit another 30 yards back like they're scared. Yeah, and it is so frustrating because even when that first goal went in, then you sit back and then you invite the pressure, and it just seems so weird that unless we're losing in a the game, they can't have that winning mentality. And it surely it isn't a coaching thing because I can't imagine Ollie says, "Yeah, if we concede, then push twenty yards further up." It must be a mentality thing in the players' heads. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been that's been an issue for so long as well it's yeah, like last season yeah yeah last season, season, before, season before since yeah. he came in that's that yeah, yeah that's the, that's the issue like i mean it 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 provides really um exciting games because you yeah. always have to come back from behind so you, you pe- people that level you know or it's, it's boring football at Solskjaer. i mean that there's that 
that's not a point. Yeah, it's, like, it's, 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 shit, yeah. it's ridiculous. Um, but that, that is the issue. It's like consistently the same problem and not being able to sort it out. So that is a fair mm. criticism of Solskjaer. The set pieces we've already touched on, that is a consistent problem. Counter-attacks yeah. this season, we've been really exposed on the counter-attack. That's been a consistent issue uh, this season. And having to come from behind was has been like for three years. So we're not sorting out our, our problems like it's quite clear the areas that we need to improve, and yet we're not doing to we're not improving. Um, so yeah, it is it is fair criticism. There's some things with Ollie that people just you know it's unfair criticism, um, yeah. and there there are okay. points that are fair, and that is one of the the, the fair points that we just we we don't improve in the areas of weakness time after time after time. Like I would literally set pieces, I would get us to. Just practice them literally every single training session until you get it right. We spend an, an hour, two hours. Like, obviously, I'm not there on the coaching ground, but, uh, you, you know, you just need to nail something down because, I mean, it's a massive part of football, isn't it? Just until we get it right. Um, yeah. And we have improved this season with Varane and Maguire. So maybe we have, and then it's kind of through a spanner in the works when Lindelof's had to come in. Um well, they yeah. should be working on. You should be working on that over every centre half. Yeah, that's true. We yeah. all know what they're doing, and there mm-hmm. were such easy goals as well. I mean, I don't want to dwell on it too much because we won, but yeah, such yeah. such easy goals like one cross, there's one striker in the box, and there's the five, the four defenders, McTominay and Fred in the area, not one's marking him. Yeah. But with with the results thing, and we have to go behind. I'd rather win three two, four one every week, four two, than win one nil, just because it's entertaining. But if if we went 2-0 up and then conceded and then scored another, that would just be fine. It's the fact that it's the same thing all the time. But, yeah, I mean, we could we could ramble on about um, about this forever because it's going to be a topic until Ollie goes, I think. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, should we talk about some of the goals on a bit of a lighter note? Bruno's assist. Oh, that was unreal. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was probably the best pass I've seen this season. Yeah. I'm probably being biased, but... I mean, but I mean, not only he deserved to have more assists. I mean, he could have yeah. easily got three or four assists in that game. It was mm-hmm. crazy. Um, yeah, just I mean, Bruno was for me the best player, uh, certainly in the United shirt. I mean, by a mile. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, on the pitch, even. Yeah. Yeah. He deserved yeah. deserved to have um, deserved to have way more assists. And it, it, you know, there's people that see that he's a you know he's lost the ball quite a, quite a few times and say that he's had a bad game i mean come on the, 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 if you restrict bruno and say oh come on you you you're trying a little bit too hard you're you're kind of uh you're losing the ball too often then we don't get a player that like bruno fernandez we we yeah, there's no point in having him this, yeah, yeah exactly if you want mm-hmm. a safe player like you know van gaal era who seemed like he he just completely restricted the players. He loved possession football. He didn't want players to take risks. Yeah. And you get boring football. Um, yeah. I think Bruno's one of those players where he can have a stinker because if 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 what he's trying doesn't come off, he just looks god-awful because he just keeps giving the ball away all the time. But, but he, he keeps can, trying it, doesn't exactly. he? Exactly. Well. That, that's it, it must be really strong mentally to be able to fail in... When the when the when the ball comes to him next, he still tries something special again, time after time after time, and it does come off. It do, and that's why his 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 output in terms of goals and assists is so good because yeah. he keeps trying. Um, so yeah, Bruno best player on the pitch 
for me. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think if Donny van der Beek had an ounce or five percent of Bruno's confidence, then it'd be a much better player for us. Yeah. Bruno doesn't hide in games. He got a, he got a bit of shit from the fans at the ground at half time and with all the misplaced passes in the first half. But he kept going and kept going. And if he didn't do that and did what Donny might have done in that sort of situation and go into his shell, it's maybe it's a bit harsh on Donny. But for any any player, if he went into his shell and thought, oh, it's not working, I'll just play it safe, we wouldn't have won that game. We wouldn't even have drawn that game. Mm. I think in in 75 minutes, he created three big chances, got two assists and created nine or ten chances overall. I think he, in that pretty much half of football, he created more chances than any other player in the Champions League over the three group games so far. Which says it all. Unbelievable. Insane play. If you if you don't rate Bruno because he misplaces a few passes every now and again, then I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. It's it's just mental. Um but yeah, and then obviously we've got the um inevitable Sue, haven't we? Ronaldo <laughs> popping up again, Mr. Champions League. It was exactly. a great header. Yeah, great unbelievable. Header. Yeah, rumour has it he's still hanging in the air right now at Old Trafford. <laughs> um yeah, he's he's unbelievable. We haven't seen a trademark uh C R seven leap in the air hang in the air and, and head yeah. in yeah and to be honest i don't think we've uh we haven't put enough crosses in for him um i, I don't think not enough no. like, high quality crosses um so we haven't been able to see that but you know finally when all the pressure was was on atalanta literally balls in the box constantly just the they were they were on the ropes and yeah he did get the job done and of course he did you know like you say mr champions league Got yeah. the winner against Villarreal, and he follows that up with a, like a, a last-minute winner in a comeback as well. So, you know what? What more can you say about Ronaldo? Are you still bored of the hype from <laughs> following <laughs> on from the last I episode? Oh, well, I, I am a little bit, but like I don't. I, as I said, I don't dislike him. He's still yeah, one of my yeah. favourite players ever. It's just how United fans and United on social media kind of were obsessed with him. But I mean, you've got to love Man. Yeah, he had a great game yesterday. I thought maybe not a great game, a good game. Um, I think he has. Looked isolated at times when we've been playing poorly in the last few weeks. Didn't really yeah. look like he was trying that much, but he was tracking back to left back left back position in like the 85th minute last night, winning the ball back, yeah. putting in a lot of sprints. Maybe not pressing, but the whole team didn't press. But I did think overall, when people say if Ronaldo doesn't score, he gives you nothing. I think he gives us more than something last night. I think he was one of the best players on the pitch. To be fair, yeah, overall. Um, so. From a manager who's going to keep his job for another few weeks, there's been a manager in the Premier League that has lost his job, and that is Mr. Cabbage himself, Steve Bruce. Um, what do you think? Do you think it was time? Do you feel sorry for him? You see a lot of seen a lot of his mates on social media saying that he didn't deserve it, and oh, what was Steve Bruce? He's got an eight million pound payout. What do you think? Um, I, well, I think you know, being a Premier League football manager, it's a it's, it's a ruthless job, and like you say, he's been paid mm-hmm. out, so don't feel too sorry for him. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at it, is it the right or wrong decision? I think Newcastle are getting a bit too big for the boots at the minute. Like yeah, they're still, a, did, yeah, 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 they're still a relegation uh, zone side. They're still uh, going to be fighting it out for for yeah. in a relegation scrap. And I think Steve Bruce is a good manager to to get them out of that. Then in the summer, fair enough. I mean, it's inevitable that he was going to get sacked. It was just a matter of yeah. when. I think he should get sacked. In the summer, when they've got like a massive, they they've got money to spend in January, but it's very difficult. They might not get the, the yeah, quality of players. They might, they might even wait or something. But... Yeah, they might even wait um to to the summer when when yeah. they've got more options available. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it was an interesting one. I, I like if they do try and like upgrade their manager to somebody that 
um, is used to playing with, you know, managing high quality players, you know, near the top of the, the leagues, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's a risk because he, he, that manager hasn't, you're looking too far ahead. Like um, that manager isn't going to be used to that kind of quality, is not used to a relegation scrap and it could go horribly wrong. And to be honest, I would love it for them to go down. Like <laughs> it, it, it would be, it would be hilarious. I'm not too bothered, but it would be pretty funny, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kevin I'd... Keegan moment. I'd love it. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love it to see him go down. <laughs> I did. I kind of disagree with you on the the point that they should have kept him because he knows what he's doing. Because I think they've got six wins or seven wins from thirty eight. The three points adrift in a winless this season. So I really think, regardless of the takeover or not, obviously Mike Ashley never would have sacked him, but I think it was his time anyway. Just because you could see the players are down tools, they weren't really playing for him anymore. The atmosphere around the whole club was absolutely toxic. So I think regardless of the takeover, they do need a change. But obviously, sacking him under Mike Ashley and sacking him under these Saudi billionaires is going to be very different ambitions of which manager to bring in. Like, if it was Mike Ashley that sacked him, they might have brought in Sam Allardyce, like genuinely seriously brought in someone like that. Whereas now they're probably going to look at Lampard, Gerard, Potter, more exciting managers, like you say, that yeah. don't guarantee them safety. Um, but... We'll see, we'll see. And like you said, if I mean, if they're still languishing around the relegation zone in January, I don't think Felipe Coutinho is going to want to go there. Yeah. Or exactly. players of that ilk. Even if he's going for the money, what happens if they get relegated is in a championship? Yeah. What's he going to do then? Do you know what I mean? Might have a clause in that means he gets his wages halved or something like that. Um, so I think it is going to be difficult for them. And they're going to have to look at doing what Man City did kind of when they bought when they got bought out. Obviously, City were a better team than Newcastle are now. They were more mid-table, Europa league club when Sheikh Mansour bought them. But I think they're going to have to buy off the likes of Burnley, um, you know, other clubs down there, maybe Watford. They're going to have to slowly buy players off their rivals to improve themselves and then work yeah. themselves up the league. So, yeah, the t- likes of Burnley, a Southampton player, maybe a Palace player, pl- clubs that are on a similar level to try and improve them because I don't think they're going to be able to go and spend that 200 million quid in January unless you sign about 20 Premier League players. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. And like they've mm-hmm. got to invest in not not just the first team, the entire network like City have, the 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 academy, the scouting network, the facilities like the, the stadium, the stadium, yeah. yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Um but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um should we talk about the Leicester game then? Uh, unfortunately I think we have to don't yeah, we yeah I think we have to obviously it's only a weekly podcast so it seems like a bit of old news now but we still have to touch on it but we started on the on the front foot with the exciting Atalanta game so we're going to slowly slowly get downhill then get into Liverpool preview and be depressed about that as well so happy Friday everyone <laughs> um, so yeah it was it was a shocking game wasn't it I mean I've kind of wiped it from my memory and I can't remember that too, too much about it now but it was just piss poor all over the pitch, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I remember, you know, when we did somehow get back to 2 all, yeah. I was like, we have not deserved this whatsoever. Um, and we've we've touched on some of the problems that was in that game, two set pieces being one. I mean, Harry Maguire, mm. I, I don't think he was fit. Like, even though, no. even though it was like, I think if you're injured, I think psychologically you kind of lose it a little bit as well because a lot of the goals that he, he was at fault for were just like, seemed to be lack of concentration. Yeah, like, yeah, he wasn't ready. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, when when we went 
when we went back to two all, I mean, Marcus Rashford, that was the only positive of the entire game. Marcus Rashford coming back from injury, his first uh, appearance uh, back from injury and getting a goal. That was, you know, it was it was a trademark ball over the top. Marcus Rashford running. Was it Lindelof as well? Was it Lindelof? Lindelof? Yeah, yeah. yeah, as always, he found him a couple of times last night as yeah. well. I think. Yeah, um, it's, it's, a, it's a shame Lindelof's not a better defender because they seem to have a good relationship for a centre back and a left winger. Yeah, I'm yeah, not really seeing anything like that recently. That I the games that I've watched anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I. I I don't even really want to talk about it now because it's going to bring us back down again, back down to earth. But yeah, it was just, it was a shocker. Um, even after we got that second goal, I didn't even think we were going to get a point. And then obviously they went and scored straight away. My I was watching it on a dodgy stream, obviously, because it was a three o'clock kickoff. Mm-hmm. And my stream froze as Rashford scored, refreshed it, loaded it back up and it was 3-2 straight away. <laughs> yeah. um, so I didn't even get to enjoy the minute of us being level. But um, yeah, yeah. Awful game. I mean, I don't want to talk about it too much, but defence just not there again, a bit like they were last night against Atalanta. No cohesion. And the worrying thing was, we usually go a goal down and show a reaction like we did last night, but there was none of that. And I did think the writing was on the wall for Oli then. I mean, even when Atalanta went to up last night, until the half-time whistle went, we didn't really look like doing much. They didn't look like they'd reacted at all. So mm. it obviously shows to me that the players are still still playing for him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, did you? That question got aimed at him also in. Uh, in yeah, and he said, "Don't be ridiculous," didn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, he said, "Don't really," which is the correct response, isn't it? Uh, and yeah, it is. Say, it, yeah, it is clear. I mean, it is a stupid question because, like, he was like the reporter said it almost surprised. Oh, uh, so it does look like the players are playing for you. It's like, well, yeah. I mean, mm. the evidence is on the pitch. Like, why ask me that question given given what happened? Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, the Leicester game was god awful. Hopefully, we can. I mean, we've said this after a good result. I've said this every time, which you know it's few and far between. But I've said hopefully we can build upon it and we can improve. Like we can take the momentum into the next match. But yeah, we, we we'll, haven't we'll, done that. We'll, we'll have to, yeah, we haven't done that all season. Yeah. so we'll have to see. I guess. Yeah. Right, I think we'll leave the Leicester chat there then, because I think the less said about that, the better. So we're going to get into the Liverpool preview now. But before you hear mine, mine and Dex thoughts, just us two, we're going to give a, like the eleven we want to see, maybe a little bit of a chat about that as well. But we're actually joined by True Red TV on TikTok. If you've not seen him, he does match reactions similar to Deck does. He's a great creator, so go check him out. But let, yeah, let's get into that little preview with um, True Red TV. He's going to talk about. Liverpool, where they're at the minute, United. Obviously, this was before the Atlanta game, so bear that in mind, boys. And his little prediction, and a combined 11 we did as well. So let's get into that. Right, OK, I'm pleased to say we're joined by True Red TV. True Red, after the depressing Man United chat that we've gone through in the past hour, your your thoughts might be a bit different at the moment as a Liverpool fan. Just give us your thoughts on your form, Salah, everything that's going on at Liverpool at the moment. Mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's going good. We're still unbeaten. The Chelsea game was disappointing. Man City, I thought, battered us, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, but we're getting slowly back to the team that won the league. Um, and considering last season with all the injuries, I've got to be happy with the way we are so far this season. So, uh, yeah, no, I, it, it's, 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 Liverpool used to look invincible. Like we'd go on the, not the Arsenal invincible from a thousand years ago. The um, like like <laughs> like we we'd go. I'd watch Liverpool play knowing we we're going to win, and yeah. it, that's that feeling is coming back. 
Yeah, that must be nice for you guys. And just a little word on Mo Salah's form at the minute as well. A lot of people are saying he's the best player in the world on form. I think him and Benzema are definitely up there together. Benzema's been amazing as well. But um, yeah, what are your thoughts on Mo Salah and just how important he is to Liverpool at the minute? So, so it's hard for me to call him the world's best when Messi and Ronaldo are still playing football. Right? Yeah. I, don't care, I, I, don't, I don't care what their form is. It's Messi and Ronaldo. So Salah's probably the best of the rest. But mm-hmm. I do think Benzema or Lewandowski should win the Ballon d'Or. Because let's not forget, Salah's form is right now. It hasn't been the whole season. Or all yeah. year. You know? Yeah. So, but, you know, I, I think him having a summer off, I think first time in a while. Mm. Um, and I think, I think he's already signed a new contract. I think we're just going to announce it in January to pretend like we've made a signing, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I he's... Yeah, yeah. So I think he's, he's like... Oh, they 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 paying this much put this much trust in me. Let me repay them. So, you know, mm. but we'll see because Luke Shaw's had him in his back pocket a few times. So we'll see this Sunday, right? I won't be too scared about Luke Shaw at the minute, mate. Honestly, <laughs> him and Maguire look shadows of themselves. Yeah. And yeah. something that I wanted to touch on was Van Dyke's return, and he's literally he's come back as if he he was never injured. Like I put Liverpool. I'm sorry to say, in fourth place at the start of the season because I think yeah. there was a lot of fans relying on Van Dyke coming back, returning returning as if he, he wasn't injured, like coming back straight into form. And I didn't think it would happen like that. But honestly, like, give me your thoughts on that because for me, he's just come back and it's as if he was never injured at all. Yeah, I mean, Van Dyke's my favourite Liverpool player. He has been since Suarez left. Um, there's something about him. Like There's times where he's in defence, he opens up his body, he plays that pinging ball to Trent or Salah, right? It's just that that signature passage is beautiful to watch. I don't think he'll be the same player because to me, he doesn't move the same. He's not as fast. Um, like the, the Bernardo Silva incident, which is, look, Bernardo Silva, you, you know the dribble against Liverpool, right? Yeah. Which... Everyone had an orgasm over, even though it bubbled off Henderson and 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 Curtis Jones. But we don't need to get into that. Um, but I'm saying he doesn't look as crisp as what he used to. But having him back rather than those two clowns, was it Nat Phillips and Reese Williams? Yeah, you know, it, it's yeah, they're going um, for, night and day. for sure. But yeah, no, very very happy to have him back for sure. Yeah, um, this isn't actually on the list of questions, but I wanted to ask you about Matip this season as well, because I think a lot of people are always going to wax lyrical about Van Dijk because of the reputation he has, but. I think Matip's kind of gone under the radar of how important he's been. I've seen a lot of Liverpool fans online say he's been better than Van Dijk this season. Yeah, there's there's, there's an argument for that. The thing mm. about Matip is, is if Matip cost 85 million, the narrative would be very different. Yeah. Very different. Um, and also, if he was English, the narrative would be different. Matip mm. is a good player, but he's not, for me, he's not what Liverpool fans say he is. He's not this amazing, mercurial, fantastic defender. He's just a very, very good player. Who mm. nobody talks about because he was completely free. And let's be fair, nobody heard of him before he came to Liverpool. Whereas no, yeah. someone like Harry Maguire or even John Stones had a profile before they went to their big clubs, you know? Mm. So, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a, um, I mean, I, I still would rather have Kanate in there because he's okay. a lot faster, he's a lot stronger, but I can't complain with Matip right now. Okay, cool. Well, with that in mind and comparing people, we're going to get into a, a combined 11. I think uh-huh. me and Deck will sprinkle our thoughts on that as well. But just wanted to yeah, get your thoughts on who you think is the best in each position. I know Monday Night Football did it yesterday. You've seen the bit, team. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, I think it was a bit shambolic. So just off I memory, I, I, think, I think Gary Neville, as much as I like Firmino, and I think he's a good player, he had Firmino in over Bruno Fernandes, which I thought was a bit mad. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And as great as Matip's been this season, I think the um, Karagrad Matip in over Varane, which I think is a bit criminal. I get, I get yeah, I criminal. Get it. Yeah, I, I can get it based on. I think they're basing it on the first five or six games of this season. But like, if you're doing a combined team for the careers, it's just 19 days in it. I'd probably even put Maguire in over Matip, but Varane. Matip no, no I, I get that. Well, yeah. Varane wasn't in anyone's insane. team. Yeah, I don't, no, I, 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 don't, I don't understand. But yeah, Gary Neville absolutely loves Harry Maguire. <laughs> I'm a big Harry Maguire fan, but he, he, I think he thinks he's genuinely one of the best centre-backs in the world. But he's very mm-hmm. good, but no, he's, he's nowhere near he the level of Leicester. the Van Dijk, is he? No, no. He's, he, him and Shaw have, been put, have had a poor season. I'm sure we will have touched on that in a previous bit anyway. Um, but yeah, who would you have in goal? De Gea or Alisson? I don't think it's so, a tough one. No, no, no. I'll be fair. David De Gea, to me, was the best keeper in the world for that you know that period where he saved you guys from relegation we got you got yeah. um he got two my united player of the year whatever it was, right? two yeah. or three years yeah like yeah. 2014 to 2017 ish mm. something like that mm-hmm. Gal labor, wasn't it? Really? Yeah. yeah and i don't i don't forget that now i know he's made a few mistakes recently but to me he's always been better than dean henderson he's always been yeah. better than edison he's certainly mm. better than ben leno uh, he's he's better than Mendy and Kepa combined. Like David De Gea to me is still top five best keepers I've ever seen in the Premier League, right? So yeah. I don't know because there's there's a mistake in Allison and there's a mistake in De Gea. Allison's yeah. distribution is better, but I don't really care for the distribution. So to me, it's fifty fifty. I guess I'd pick Allison because he's a Liverpool player, but I I'd, I'm more than happy to give it to De Gea, you know? Because I don't yeah. know, I generally can't pick between them. I'd, I'd give. I'd go Allison, yeah. I mean, De Gea, fair to be enough. fair, he's had, a, he's had an amazing first couple of months. I think he's probably been our player of the season so far. And usually when De Gea's our player of the season in past years, it's gone horribly fucking wrong, the rest of it. So it's probably not a great sign that we're depending <laughs> on him so much already. But over the past two or three years, you'd, I'd have to, even as the United sure. fan, I'd that's have to edge point. Allison. Um, yeah, that's fair. Okay. Yeah. Um, who would you go for in the defence? And if we say if we do a 4 2 3 1, something like that, who would uh, you back yeah. for me? So I'd have Trent, um, yeah, because Van Dyke. Now Trent cannot defend. I don't care what any Liverpool fan says; he cannot defend. <laughs> but with Van Dyke next to him, because he's obviously going to get in, I'd have him there. And the thing about Van Bissaka is that Van Bissaka is one of the best defensive players in the world. Not just right back, just defensive in general. Yeah. But he uh, he is one of the worst footballers I've ever seen. Is, Does that yeah. make sense? Does that yeah, make sense? I like, know what you mean. Yeah, but even I would say one on one defending, yes, maybe the best. Like, yeah. but uh, defensive positioning sometimes getting oh, yeah, into the no. middle, defending the, like the, the back uh, back stick crosses. He's gonna say that he's he's, uh, he, he's you know he's not the complete package defensively. What what a lot of people you know say United fans say he is. Yeah, I oh, he's, I, I, but I think he's more than competent though. You know. Oh yeah. I, mean, I yeah. just I just it's just for me when I when I see Wambasaka on the ball, I think of Mamadou Sako. I think of all these other footballers I've seen who they're not footballers, they're athletes. Yeah. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? And, and, and like uh, his passing is awful, his dribbling, it's like a ballerina watching him play, it's about to fall over, right? Like, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just waiting for the car to crash. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, I, touches. I would take Trent because he's the better footballer. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm, not, I'm not even going to elaborate on that. I don't think I need to. Um, Centre backs then? Varane to me, uh, Varane and Van Dyke with Ramos have been the three best centre-backs for the past five years mm-hmm. and yeah. how how on Sky Sports and I love Carragher and Neville my two favourite pundits mm-hmm. how did I don't care if Varane's barely played or his four, it's, it's Rafael Varane so he's going in and yeah. Van Dijk's going in yeah. that's fair enough yeah I, I, 
I don't get a lot of the the veranda. I won't call it slander, but the, sorry, the veranda kind of slander. It's just weird. I think it's because he's not played in England. Like, if we go a bit back to that Salah being the best player in the world, people are saying it's by country mile. I think a lot of it's because English pundits and English people don't watch any other football. Yep. So, yeah. you know, and there'll always be the argument that he didn't win the trophies on his own, but you're not going to be a player at that level for 10 years well, no if one, you're not well No one was slating him until he came to United. That's no, it's the same with everything, isn't it? isn't it? It's yeah. the same with everything. Sancho was the no, best that, that, in the world. That's, and then... that's actually a great point, because you guys remember the Varane mistakes against City, right? Against the Man City, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, yes, yes. The, the Champions League Champions mistakes. League, yeah. Uh, yeah, when he gave them a goal. Yeah. yeah, so he gave them a goal, done, Man City win. You never hear a peep about it. Then it comes to Man United, everyone starts talking about it. You know, and <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's like, bro, this, like, you don't, you don't, you're not Ramos's partner winning three Champions League if you're a mug. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Cup as well. You know, for France. Yeah, just yeah they go, well, yeah, World <laughs> Cup for sure. Yeah. yeah, and he played alongside Umtiti in that defense, and we know how shocking he's been the last few years. So, indeed. Yeah. Um, left back then? Oh, I'm taking... Uh, I've, Andy Robertson's always been better than that sack of potatoes at left back. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you now. But Luke Shaw did have a good year, but I'm taking Andy Robertson for sure. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the only one I think I'd slight even t- argue a tiny bit, but I'd, I'd still take Robertson. But yeah. yeah. For, for me, if Luke Shaw had continued his form, if we were having this conversation last season, I'd be able to put up an argument. How Luke Shaw I, I would this agree season. with you. Yeah, I would agree with you too. Yeah. How Luke yeah. Shaw started this season, Robertson. Yeah, definitely in. Yeah. Um, so we'll go with two kind of midfielders. Then you can freestyle it. You could go for two defensive midfielders, two attacking midfielders. It doesn't have to work on paper. You know what's funny is, I wasn't annoyed that because uh, Allison, no, yeah, Allison Fabinho couldn't play because the Brazil thing over yeah. the weekend. I was more annoyed that Fred couldn't play. <laughs> <laughs> we might have done better, um, to be fair. I mean, it couldn't have been much worse. Um, yeah. So for Fabinho's going in, and I, yes. I, sh- I want to put Paul Pogba in there because he is the best midfielder in the entire of the two teams. Yes, yeah. but he, he's he's incredibly inconsistent. But with Fabinho next to him doing the Kante work, I think Paul Pogba would be the world's best midfielder if he had a Fabinho next to him. I, I, I mean, I have, I've had so a lot of my friends here in America, they idolize Paul Pogba, right? And I'm more in the Jamie Carragher camp where it's like, he is the world's best midfielder when he wants to be. On his day. It's what yeah. you always yeah. hear, isn't it? And it's the same like when people say prime hazard over Salah, right? In my mind, it's, well, why prime? Why don't you just say hazard? It's because you're, yeah. you're labeling it at a specific context, right? Yeah. Paul, Pog, Paul Pogba's brilliance is labeled at a specific time and a specific place, as mm-hmm. opposed to footballers like with Salah and Haaland and Mbappe or, or Cruz and Modric, there's no Modric during this time or Cruz during this time. Yeah. It's just an objective statement, whereas Pogba always has to be labelled on his day. And I think I think, um, that's where the criticism comes. But I'd put him in the team, for sure. Ahead of Thiago, who, who can't run. Uh, he's, better than, he's better than Henderson. Um, he's better than Navigator. Uh, and yeah, Curtis Jones, this joke. So yeah, Pogba's yeah. going I think Pogba has to be in there just based on what he can be more than what he is. But I think on Monday Night Football, they put Henderson and Fabinho in because Liverpool play with that system. But I think, like you said, if you've got a world-class defensive midfielder next to Pogba, I'm not saying he would be the best player in the world because he's played under two United managers, loads of different systems, and he's not been. 
but that'd definitely help. I think him and Fabinho at at work to be fair. Yeah, no, I mean if you if forget the football, if you look at natural gifts, Pogba is the best in the world, natural talent. Like he's yeah. a better natural talent than De Bruyne, for example. Yeah. I just think yeah, I just yeah, think De Bruyne has more intelligence in how to put that on the pitch. You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. Pogba may not have the best defensive midfielder, but I've seen him continuously give the ball away, continuously make wrong decisions, and that's nothing to do with his partner, you know. So, yeah. but I'd still have him in the Liverpool team because he he is the best midfielder of the two teams, in my opinion. I think that's fair. We're all in agreement, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if we go on to the front lines, so if if we play like a left wing, right wing, attacking midfielder, who are you going for in there? I think it's pretty obvious, to be fair, who you take. But... Yeah, Bruno, Bruno has to go in. Yeah. I think I think Bruno's a far better footballer than people give him credit for. If you go back to the Southampton game, uh, the Mason Greenwood one nil, I think, right? Uh, yeah. Wait, no, 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 no. It was was it one one? One one, yeah. Southampton was one one. Wolves yeah. was one nil with Greenwood. Yeah. Okay, okay. No, the Southampton one. If you go watch that game back, some of the balls, like the the pass, uh, there was a pass he played to Greenwood, um, Bruno in the first half. There's another pass he played um, to, I think it was a Pogba header. Like his passing range is better than people give him credit for. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we all know about his penalties. But um, okay, so. Bruno is the cam, if you like. Yeah, in FIFA. Salah, Salah has to go in. Yeah, obviously. Now, now, Mason Greenwood, to me, is the best young English player in the league. So, I want to put him in, but do I put him in ahead of Mane? Do I put him up top? I don't know. I but think... Bruno and Salah are guaranteed for me. Yeah, I think it's got to be Mane, hasn't it? I mean, last season, he didn't have his best year, did he? I think he was... He didn't get that many goals and assists in the Prem, but I think he started the season fairly well, I'd want to say. I know well, some I, football fans have been frustrated with him, but he's got I noticed, goals. I noticed, like, it's, it's like, you guys remember Kai Havertz last year, right? He was garbage yeah. for the per, first six months. But yeah. I realised, and, and Mane was the same, and I realised, I think COVID affected him worse than we think. Like, if, you, if Mane couldn't pass the ball, he couldn't dribble, and there had to have been something else going on. So I think he is come. So I think that was just an anomaly, sorry. Before that, he's... Amazing, and I think now he's showing that form. So you're probably right. Mane does have to go in. Yeah, I love Greenwood, but Mane's a well. A would you have player, would, would you have Greenwood up front over Ronaldo? Or does Ronaldo yeah, this is this is a tempting one, isn't it? Because obviously, I think Jamie Carragher put him in over Ronaldo, Firmino, Cavani, Rashford, people like that. I and I, I don't think you can play in there when he hasn't played there this season. Yeah, like, yeah. You have to play, mm-hmm. you have to put the players in where they are currently playing. You can't just you know shoehorn him in a position just because you think oh, I could do a better job. I think if you're doing a predicted, uh, if you're doing a, a best eleven, you have to do their actual positions that they're playing now. So, yeah. Well, I think I think I think with Sky Sports, <clears throat> they did it with like real like, like for example, Pogba didn't go in because he wouldn't suit the system. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They always I'm, overthink it. Yeah. I'm. I'm looking at just the names. So I guess by that, yeah. Ronaldo has to go in. Then, you know. I yeah. think Ronaldo does have to go in. Yeah. I know he's not been that great this season, but even over the past two or three years, between the ages of 33 and 35, he's still been top three goal scorers in the world every single. I mean, season, he's, so. he's 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 probably the best goal both best goal scorer I've ever seen. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I... even now. Can I touch on uh, one thing? Uh, so I've heard some Liverpool fans say that Ronaldo would not get into the Liverpool team. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you think, I understand why they say it, but mm. do you think Klopp changes the system for Ronaldo? No, I don't think he does. Um, and I don't think, I don't think Klopp would take him because Firmino does all the, whatever he does, right? The defensive work, the press. I think he's got the highest amount of presses 
by an attacker in the league so far this season. Um, I don't know if I'll take him. I generally don't because ideally I said, yeah, duh. Right, I would because Ronaldo's yeah. Ronaldo. But yeah, no, I'd take him ahead of Firmino. I would. I don't really care about the system. I would. Uh, I do get what they're saying with that, yeah. Uh, that he wouldn't press and that your whole team might fall to shit if you put him in there. Like you take one cog out of the machine and it stops working. But I think most teams would be stupid. I mean... Well, the, the, sorry, the, sorry to interject. The thing about right. this, the thing about that conversation is I've heard it so many times. Salah is a system player, right? Mm, and in my, I know, but in my mind, I'm thinking 99% of footballers that ever lived are beneficiaries of a system. Unless mm. you're talking about R9 or Messi, or Zidane, or Iniesta, or or even John Terry and Ferdinand, these generational players, right? Yeah. So, so as much as we talk about the system, Ronaldo is still an, an incredibly intelligent footballer. He's not a mug, so I think he would he would improve Liverpool massively. Okay, cool. So, to round it off then, we've got Alisson in goal, Trent, Van Dijk, Varane, Robertson, Fabinho, Pogba, Salah, Fernandes, Mane, Ronaldo. Yeah. Yeah, so that, I'm, in, uh, I'm in agreement with that. That was literally my team that I made before this yeah. anyway, so I'm happy with that. Me yeah. Too, yeah. <laughs> cool. So it's four United players and seven Liverpool. Yeah, it could be worse, I suppose. Yeah. Take yeah. that, given given our current form. Yeah. Yeah, it's been better because a couple of years ago, you would have to think you would have to choose between Fabinho or Andreas Pereira. So it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's Brandon it's, Williams. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's got a bit better, hasn't it? Yeah, although they're both on loan, right? So they're coming back. Yeah, they could, they're both coming back, <laughs> mate. Oh, oh, just we need to just get shot of those players. They're awful. Do you remember that team we went with to um, Anfield when we got beat two 0 I think. We Salah had... at the end. Salah at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had Dan James. I think we played a five at the back with Dan James and Brandon Williams as mm-hmm. fucking wing backs slash wingers. <laughs> we had Andreas Pereira, like McTominay and Fred in midfield, in midfield, and then like Martial up front. Yeah. And we wonder why we didn't win anything when Oli first came in. I mean, I know we're not now, but come on. Shocker. Yeah. Bad times. Yeah, and to to kind of touch, give your thoughts on Oli and, you know, United's current start. Obviously, uh, I guess you're Oli in, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, give, give me your thoughts. Well, it's, it's ironic for me because I remember watching him play. I watched, like, I remember... FA Cup 99, he scored a last-minute goal against Liverpool in, uh, at Old Trafford. Um, obviously, in Barcelona, at the new Camp, the Champions League. Yeah. Like, I, I, I look at Solskjaer as the player, too. He gave me many nightmares as a kid. Um, but, as a, you know, there's something about... When I looked at Frank Lampard as a manager, that's not a manager. When I looked at Pelo, that's not a manager. Right? Like, like Cristiano Ronaldo, to me, that's not a manager. You know? And yeah. I get this when I look at Oli, PE teacher is so spot on. Like, like, but I don't mean it in a like. I look at Oli, I don't see a manager. I look at Steven Gerrard, I see the bit between his teeth. Klopp and Pep, yeah. this, this, there's an aura about them. Mm-hmm. Oli just doesn't have it, but he has taken you as far as he, like. This is the best he will ever be, and that's actually not a bad thing. He's he's taken you to Champions League football. You did finish second last season, and this is his ceiling. So. I do want him to stay, but I don't think he deserves all the criticism he gets. Because if this is the best he is, then, I mean, you know, what more do you want, you know? Yeah, I'm sure yeah. we touched on it uh, previously in the, in the podcast. But um, the people that were saying, are, I, I wanted him gone a year, a year and a half ago. Oh, I can't stand that shit. He's improved 
up until this point year upon year and like you say it might be the, the case it looks like it's the case that he can't just go that extra final bit but to say that he hasn't improved United to say that you wanted him gone uh you know a year year and a half ago that's nonsense in my opinion yeah, no, I, right. I agree. And people talk about how Van Gaal won a trophy and Marino won a trophy. The thing about football, football isn't necessarily the end result. It's about how you feel in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like, like you guys may have um, beaten Villarreal, but we both know you should. But the way that game made you felt is completely different to the end result. Oh, I felt and so disappointed. And home, so, yeah. sometimes that's more telling than the result. Do you know what I mean? And with Solskjaer, even though right now it does feel like you're coming to the end of this Solskjaer cycle, he's done far more than what Van Gaal did. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'd even say more than Mourinho, personally. United are not a Europa League team. I think you guys would rather go through in the Champions League than drop down, you know? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. With, with Mourinho and Van Gaal, they might have won a couple of trophies, but they didn't progress as, as a club or a team, I don't think. If that's like, a great point. Yeah. You might like you get the argument, you still get it now. Like I got it on TikTok today that our oh, Pogba won trophies with Mourinho, Fernandez hasn't won any with Oli, all this shit. And it's just like Mourinho might have won that Europa League, but that Europa League was so important because we finished sixth in the league. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And with Van Gaal, we might have won the FA Cup, but we missed out on Champions League again for another season. So I think Marie, like the the amount of work Oli's had to do to get us to even being in the top four again shows how far Mourinho set us back. And I know there might have been managers out there that could have done a better job than Oli at the time, but the amount of work, the amount of players we had to bring in, and the whole restructuring of the club just from f- three or four years of Mourinho and Van Gaal should tell you everything you need to know about what they did for United. I don't care. Like we might have won a league cup under Mourinho but I was, wasn't was happy going to games as a United fan when, when we were winning that, things that, that's the key, and that's it right there that's yeah. the key point it's not just about the winning it's like when we lost to Sevilla in the Europa League and then the Real Madrid Champions League with Salah's injury right yeah. I, I, I wasn't sad though it was like wow like the um, I don't know if you guys remember the Dortmund comeback Liverpool game yeah and then the yeah, Liverpool, 4 the way we battered Roma in the Champions and then beating Man City in the Champions League the journey the journey made up for the result yeah. whereas in your case even though you won at the end with Mourinho the journey was horrible to go through like so I I think I think that's very underestimated the the manner in which you get there rather than just the getting there you know yeah Oli is the first I mean it's got it's gone down shit creek now isn't it admittedly it might still get better I can't see it but Oli's the first manager that I've had since I've had my season ticket at United for seven years when I've actually felt good about going to games sure. again. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's times at games, Van Gaal games, I remember when we lost to Norwich at home, Southampton at home, I didn't want to go to football games. Mm-hmm. And even, like, with the end of last season, losing Europa League final, not winning anything, I couldn't wait to go to that Leeds game on the first day. And mm-hmm. that was before we even signed Ronaldo. And yeah. as a United fan, I've not felt like that in ages. So, I think if Oli does have to go... It, like he's he's done well for us. Shake hands, move on. He's he's took us at the next level that can help us sign Varane, Ronaldo, Sancho again, and get a top manager in. And I think he he does definitely does deserve some credit. Uh, it's just a problem. Who's available? Conte's the only one available. I don't I don't want Conte. No, that's fine. But who who's who can you get? I mean, uh, a lot of people say he's a sedan, doesn't it? But I mean, that's a risk in itself. I mean, it's very different taking me. over. Does not taking over this United team is very different from 
taken over the reins at, at Madrid. I mean, he I mean, knows he knows Pogba, he knows Varane, he knows Ronaldo. True, yeah. 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 Oh, I quite like maybe Luis Enrique, someone like that. I think. The, the That's a good Yeah. Yeah. He's married. He's managed because a shout to Ten Hag. And as much as I like his football, I think that'd be a massive risk. Whereas Enrique's uh-huh. mess is managed Messi, Suarez, Neymar. It's one things of Barcelona. He's got an average-ish on paper Spain side competing with Italy and being at the top of the top of the tree in international football. And they're probably a better team than England at the minute. So I think if we could get him get him buy him out of his Spain contracts, I think that'd be great. But I don't think it'd ever happen. I think the obvious ones are Conte and Zidane. I don't think the club will go for Conte because they've no, tried something no. like that with Mourinho yeah. before. Yeah. And I think the easy fix would be Zidane. So I think that would yeah. probably be it. Zidane for me, I think a big... If if United are going uh, to do well this season, they need to get the best out of Ronaldo. And for me, mm-hmm. Zidane's had quite an old Ronaldo during the, during the end of his tenure at Real Madrid mm. in, with a very similar play style to how Ronaldo is playing now. Not... So, I mean, I think he could get the best out of Ronaldo because yep. at the moment, Ronaldo's, you might as well put me up front because he's not getting any service whatsoever. Um, and yeah, he he hasn't been playing great, but we know other than scoring goals, Ronaldo isn't going to get much. If you don't give him chances, he's not going to do all of the other uh, aspects of the game other than, you know, finishing chances. So I think Zidane can get the best out of Ronaldo and Zidane can create more opportunities for Ronaldo as well. For sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Should we move on to the last little bit then? Your prediction for the game? What do you okay, so happen? I think it'll be a draw. Um, if we, okay. so a lot of fans say. Uh, so I, on my TikTok, people commented saying United fans commented saying uh, Liverpool will smash you guys, right? Mm-hmm. We won once at Old Trafford while Klopp has been there, so one in six years. Yeah, what, which, was, yeah. which was last season, and I don't that don't really count because even though you guys tried to do us over by feeling a weaker team two two days before. Mm. Um, like you guys have nothing to play for, right? No, um, yeah. Secondly, Rashford always scores against us at Old Trafford, if memory serves you. So, for you fantasy people, there's a tip for you. Um, <laughs> and uh, the season before we finished one-one, we were sixteen, seventeen wins in a row. Um, but you guys turned up for that game, so I don't think we will win. I think you, we will get a very energetic United performance. Um and yeah, maybe a one-one. You guys will will probably play like a eight-two formation. I'm not gonna lie, but um, yeah. yeah. So I I predict a draw. I'd probably say a draw as well. On the well, actually no, I I was gonna say I'd take a draw, which is bad because last season I wouldn't have done. But I'd probably take a one-one. I think that Fred are gonna come back out. We'll have them, and it'll be a more of a defensive counter-attack. Yeah, I'd be. I'd be surprised if Pogba and Bruno play personally. Yeah, I'd be yeah. I was just I think to say it'll... that. I think Pogba will, Pogba will get dropped. I think the only bit of positivity Manchester United have is Rashford coming back. So I think yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And I think Pogba will have to make way because I, I don't think he's dropping Bruno. Maybe I'd be surprised no if he's not on the left wing though, and he puts Rashford on the right and drops Sancho. Well, well Pogba played left wing. Oh, I don't want that. But... Pogba played left wing at Anfield last season, and he had a very yeah. good game. To, to be fair. Should have scored that chance that he blazed over. But generally yeah. speaking, he had a good game. So you never know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'd probably, if, if I was pressed for it, I'd probably go 2-0 Liverpool, something like that. Nah, 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 nah. I'd take a I, I got a feeling. I got a feeling it's either going to be a 1-1 or like a 4-0. I, I don't see an in-between. I don't know why. 
And yeah. I, I don't know who the four nil is too, by the way. I, I, yeah. I you know, I, I don't know. I, I'd yeah, go with, to... I'd go with the draw as well. Um, yeah. I don't want to say nil nil, so <laughs> I'll go one nil. I'll go one nil. But let's yeah, be honest: it, if it's two nil, do you think that's time up for Ollie? No, no, no. And I don't. Okay. Oh, I, I did. I did make this one comment though. If Maguire doesn't play hypothetically, and if Varane doesn't play hypothetically, and if Liverpool do not win under those circumstances, then we don't deserve the title, as far as I'm concerned. Do you know what I mean? You got United. I think yeah. like like last season at Anfield when we were at our worst. And you didn't beat us. It's like this was like City came to show us, right? That yeah. was the day. So if sa- if Sunday is what I think it is with your without your two centre backs and you guys not playing that well, if we don't go and make a statement, this team isn't what I think it is. But um, okay. wait, what was your question? Sorry, <laughs> uh, I'm not too sure. Did, oh, no, Ollie, it was about us. Ollie. Is that? Oh no, 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 no. unless unless we beat you five nil or something. Although. Losing at Anfield is how Mourinho got sacked. Yeah, yeah exactly. oh. a few weeks, oh. a couple of weeks ago, when it started going down downhill, I predicted it'd be sacked after the Liverpool game. I think it hinges on the Atalanta game tomorrow. Um, is that a week? No, it's at home, so I'll be crying in my seat watching that. That'd be great. But yeah, I think if we lose that, and then we're potentially maybe three or four points from getting out of the Champions League group, and then we lose to Liverpool at home. I think it could be the end. I think if he does, if we lose on Wednesday and Sunday, and he doesn't go, I think he's going to be here until at least Christmas, or or until until top four looks gone. Yeah, Something until like it's abs- until it's gone absolutely horribly wrong. Like at the minute, we're only a point outside of top four. If it gets out to the end of that run, mm. and we're ten points outside top four, it, I think it'll either be after the Liverpool game or after the hard run, kind of early no early Decemberish time. I think but, if he's going to go, but if we do lose against Atlanta. And we looks very unlikely for us. You know, we can still obviously get out of the group, but it's, it's unlikely with us losing to young boys as well. There's yeah. nothing for a new manager to come in. There's nothing like the season. Like if if Oli gets sacked, we're obviously in a bad position in the league as well. So yeah, we probably. Uh, I mean, we're out the Carabao Cup now, so what? <laughs> FA Cup this early on in the season, having if they those are the, uh, the circumstances, it's just going to be so depressing just to cruise through a season of like oh hopefully we'll see a bit of improvement again. for next season that would be yeah. so depressing which is what it's been for the past three years yeah pretty much yeah right cool then i think that rounds up our little chat so thank you very much true red for coming on no thank much you appreciated for um for sure. uh, more many more people see your tiktoks and listen to this podcast at the minute but if you want to plug anything for twitch or whatever you use tiktok twitter whatever go ahead and I'll put them in the description to the YouTube video as well, so make sure to check them out. Uh, yeah, just uh, DM me the details, and then I'll I'll do something, Dory. Okay. Appreciate All right, cool. Lovely. Well, thank you very much for joining us, then. No problem. Thank you for having me on. Take it easy, boys. Cheers. Ciao. See you later. Right, thank you very much for True Red for joining us. Some great opinions there. And now we're going to get into not a combined 11, but the 11 we'd like to see on Sunday against Liverpool after that Atalanta game and the performances we saw. So we'll start with you, Deck. Who are you going for? Is there many changes in yours? Uh, no, there's one change, which okay. I, I think uh, I think not. In fact, I, shall I, I'll, I'll go through it from the start. I won't just say the yeah. change. Uh, so obviously, De Gea in goal, of course, uh, goes mm-hmm. without saying. Um, Wambasaka right back. Uh, well, the, the back four picks itself, I I believe at least. Um, Wamsaka yeah. right back, Luke Shaw left back, Maguire and Lindelof. Yes, M- Lindelof wasn't great. And to be honest, M- Maguire, uh, he was better in the Atalanta game, but 
Uh, well, certainly it was a low bar against uh, um, against Leicester so, yeah, to improve upon. But yeah, yeah, I think it has to be them to going into, you know, you could put Bailly in, but you know, for me, going into the uh, uh, going into such a big game, throwing someone in that hasn't had many minutes is a is a bit of a risk. Um, okay, I'll take the shots. I'll take the, the shots. <laughs> fair enough. Right. Um, Mick Fred, Mick Fred in the middle. I know. People hate this, but I actually wanted them to play also in that Atalanta game because we had been shocking. We had been shocking. We needed some stability, just yeah. to. And we we came second in this uh, last season. We had stability. We we actually yes, we didn't have a title challenge, but I mean we were the second best team in the Premier League, so yeah. we had some good results there, and we needed stability. So reverting back, do I want to see them in the team for the long term? You know, in a couple of seasons' time, do I see want to see McFred starting? No, but I think for Literally right not. now, for right now, um, I think they they need to start, uh, especially in a big game like Liverpool. Um, yeah, I agree. Because if you put Pogba in the middle there, we could get dominated in midfield because he's not going to be tracking back. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the stability, McFred in there. People hate it, but that's what I'm going with. Um, I'm going to go Marcus Rashford. I mean. He's come back and he's looked incredible. He scored two in a behind closed door, behind closed doors game as well. So yeah, um, two there and then two, uh, one off the bench and then uh, one la- last night as well. Um, uh, Sancho on the right. I mean Greenwood. I for me, his form's not. I mean he scored an absolute wonder goal against Leicester, but um, you know his general play in that game wasn't very good. But nobody's was. But against Atalanta, we had a lot of. Uh, possession we had a lot of attacks um we had a lot of possession in a, in good offensive areas and he didn't look great either so i'd put i'd bring sancho uh in on the right hand side which is something that we haven't seen all that much for for him at united so hopefully you know he hasn't had the greatest start in, in the man united shirt obviously still early days but to see him on the right hand side is going to be interesting something new and uh obviously ronaldo uh up front as well a little bit of a question mark of Ronaldo whether he can play so many games um, yeah, in age, a row. Yeah. But I think you know against against Liverpool, you've 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 got to have you've got to have Ronaldo uh, in there for me. So yeah, that is mine. Eleven. Uh, how about yours? All right, this is going to be a bit controversial. So the Heron goal, obviously, been great this season. Wan Bissaka been our best defender this season by a long way. And partnering Harry Maguire, I've actually gone for Eric Bailly. So. I've lambasted him before for his performances, how erratic and irrationally can be on the pitch. But one thing I do think is Liverpool love to get in behind and they do use pace. Mane's pacey, Salah's pacey, Jota's pacey if he plays. People from midfield are as well. And as we know, for as good as Maguire is in a lot of things, he's an absolute fridge. And the reason we bought Varane in was to add a little bit more mobility to that back line. And obviously with him out, we're going to struggle on that front. So, And Lindelof's is just as slow as Maguire as well. So I think Bayil had a bit more recovery pace, and while he's a bit erratic in that, I'd like to see it because Lindelof hasn't covered himself in glory in these last couple of games. As we said, he got beasted by Zapata last night, was awful against Leicester, like Maguire. So I just want to see something a bit different because this defence really isn't working. Although they looked a bit better in the second half last night, it's been two games and we've conceded six goals. So I do think I'd like to see a bit of a change there, but I doubt we will see it. Then short left back, obviously. McTominay and Fred in midfield. I don't want to see it, as you said, but we have to. If we play Pogba, we're going to get absolutely battered in that midfield. Mm-hmm. 
They had a bit of security. I thought Fred was really good last night, as I've just said. They're both probably natural eights, really, and aren't really sixes. So they are being played out of position as well, which never gets mentioned, to be fair to them. But yeah, we're just we're going to need the legs in there, some tenacity to try and win the ball back. And even if they're not the best technically, we cannot play with Pogba in there and basically have five attacking players on the pitch against an informed Liverpool team because we'll just get absolutely tore apart. Um, and then I've gone for Rashford on the right, Bruno in the middle, and then I've gone for Ronaldo on the left and Cavani up front, just because I think we're going to need a bit of movement against Liverpool. We're going to need people getting in behind them when they push a full-backs up high. I don't think for as good as Ronaldo was last night, I don't think he's going to do that too much. Cavani can make runs, he can press from the front, and I don't want to drop Ronaldo because he was good last night. Um, so it was a toss-up between putting Cavani up front or having Sancho on the wing and Ronaldo up front for me. But I'd just like to see something a little bit different. I think he will get, if he plays on the left side, he'll get space against Trent Alexander-Arnold. He's still very good in the one-on-one, doing his step-overs and beating men as well, which I saw a few times last night. So I think he could could have him for the whole game, have him in his pocket. I doubt we're going to see this, but I just want to see something a bit different because it's not working. It, like As much as, as great as that second half was, we had to make changes and it wasn't working. So... It is broke, so try and fix it, I guess. I doubt we'll see it, but... Yeah, and I think, really, if Ronaldo hadn't had great form, played well in that Atalanta game, I'd probably even say maybe drop him for Sancho, just for a bit more mobility up front and trying to get him behind, but I think he deserves his start, to be fair. Yeah, if you're playing on the left, you're not going to play so like yeah. Sancho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think the likely... The likely... Cha- uh, the likely uh, differences in our lineups to to what Ollie's going to pick. I'm trying to think maybe Matic in there because obviously yeah. it's Wednesday, Wednesday, Sunday, obviously he's, he hasn't, he didn't even feature, did he? Didn't even, did he come on the pitch? Oh no. yeah, he did. Um, right yes, at the very he end, did right he? before yeah. the end. Like yeah, last I mean, five, so he's well rested. So, I mean, possibly him. Do you think possibly Pogba can play on the left? I don't think he will. I don't do. want to see it. I yeah. don't want to see it anymore. It doesn't. But I'm work. just trying to think he what Oli might do differently. But I, I think he's not going to do your team. Sorry, but no, <laughs> but no, you he's said not. that. He's yeah, not. I not. think he's very likely to go with uh, the, the the same as mine. Uh, it's just Greenwood, Sancho, and yeah. potentially Matic, and I think ev- everyone else is 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 nailed on. Yeah, although it wouldn't shock me if Pogba was on the left because that's what he likes to do in his big games. Mm-hmm. I really hope we don't see it because he's not been good enough the past few weeks. And when he has started on the left recently, he's been shit. So I don't really want to see it. But it wouldn't fully shock me if we've got the same team as what you said, but Pogba on the left instead of Sancho and then Rashford on the right, maybe. But yeah, I think we're just going to see a very similar team. As we said, when he's under pressure, he reverts to type and that's what his type is. So yeah. Right, okay then, lads. We've got a little bit of a surprise Q&A section here. Some people have kind of put some messages into the Dex, um, Dex Discord. But before we get into this, I'd like to implore you all, go over the TikTok account, at Devil in the Detail Pod. We've got a Q&A section set up there. Put some in there. Comment on the recent videos. If it's a decent question, I'm sure we'll include it on this. We're going to try and make this a weekly thing where we have a little bit of a segment to have some interaction with you guys. Also on Twitter, at Pod. Go and tweet that page. We'll include them as well. But let's get into it. So we've got two questions to go to go through very heavily on the Newcastle topic. And the first one is from Julie. Do clubs like PSG, City and soon Newcastle ruin football? Is there a way to control the financial dominance they have? Deck, what do you think about that? Uh, it's a very complicated one, isn't it? It's a very, there's a lot of... Loaded question. Hum, yeah. There's a lot of human rights issues associated with the, the, 
the owners that are in charge of both City and now Newcastle. Uh, yeah. But can you stop it? Um, well, I don't think fans can stop it, but I think higher up, like the Premier League clubs, they, they all would would go against it 100%. But yeah, is that because they actually well. care about human rights issues? No, of course no. it isn't. Of course it isn't. It's just because <laughs> yeah. they don't want another club potentially taking their place and yeah. making stuff harder. Yeah. That's it, all it is. Exactly. Do What do I think? I mean, I think as United fans, I think if we were owned by, you know, uh, one of these states, essentially, then... Yeah. Um, I think we would be we would be loving it. So I think it's one of those that if if it's if it's your club that you're not going to be you're going to turn a blind eye to. If you're somebody like Manchester United who have owners that had taken money out of the club, and we we have uh, a, a large budget in the in the summer transfer window because we have massive revenue that this that is produced from our massive global fan base. So we're yeah. we're earning money the right way in spending money the the right way but am i jealous of uh of city and and to be newcastle um of their owners yes um do i think there is an issue with those type of owners that get earn their money the wrong way and they have uh massive human rights issues in in uh in their country and they're associated and the exploitation of of people um to help like with their finances yeah i think that is an issue but i don't think fans can do anything about it obviously and it needs to it needs to be sorted out higher up yeah um on the face of it without getting too political with it because you've just pretty much summed that bit up i don't think it's ruining football at all like if we're speaking objectively about if they don't their money honestly let's just assume that because i'm not going to get into the political things um but if clubs like Newcastle, City, PSG can't be bought and have rich owners, with the current setup of how leagues are and how football is, there's never a way a club's going to ever succeed without money. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, People... if, if if rich owners weren't sorry, if rich owners weren't a thing, the top four in the Premier League would still be Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal, probably Everton, or someone like that. Yeah. People will always say, "Oh, but Leicester City won it." Yeah, that that's an anomaly. That is. But not the their norm. owners have money as well. Yeah. Their owners are still some of the richest in the Premier League. They brought Tielemans cost forty million quid. Do you know what I mean? Um, Daka cost twenty five million quid. They're not spending eighty ninety million on players, but it's not like they've not got a pot to piss in. They are pretty rich owners. Same with Everton as well. Yeah. And I think it just goes to show it depends on how you spend your money because Everton has spent a lot more than Leicester have. And look at the difference of where the clubs are at this at this, at this moment in time. But to sum it up, I don't think they ruin football. I think if you want to see any change in competition in football, unfortunately, you're either going to have to have a class of 92 youth team come out of fucking nowhere, or you're going to have to get owners that come in and spend money because there's no other way to get up and build yourself up because you can't win things without the best players and without money, you can't get the best players. It's as simple as that, I think. Yeah, Um, Yeah. So let's get get into the last question. Um, It's from Jenko. In January, who do you think Newcastle should sign? Um, Deck, we spoke about this a little bit before recording, and you've got a bit of a controversial one, haven't you? Yeah, I've got a controversial I mean, please, like, you know, just take him off our hands, lads. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, Anthony Martial. Um, I think he is, he is a luxury player. Like, he's the definition. I think going to a team like yeah. Newcastle, I don't think he would want to, to be honest. I don't think he would want to, because if you're playing for Newcastle, for the next, you know, couple of years or so, you're not going to get into the France squad. Not not when you you look at their their, their strength of their squad. 
and the the teams that uh, they're you know the people in contention for a starting place in their squad are playing for um this mm-hmm. uh, you you need to be playing for a top club to get in that in that France squad uh, especially yeah. in the attacking areas so i i don't think he would want to go but i think a team like Newcastle where he is the star man he can do I think what they'd he love wants him. yeah, yeah they would it'd, love be like him Ma- it'd be like Saint Maximan yeah Pretty much, with yeah. a bit of flair who excites people. Exactly, the the fans would take to him. I, I think, mm-hmm. I think he would be obviously their star player. What you know, one of their best players. He would, he wouldn't be expected to to work back and do like the the dogged part parts of the game because he would yeah. be he would be their star man, their luxury player, the the team, uh, the the man that everyone you know works around and has to has to do his oh, work for him. So yeah. I think that it would be a good signing, but would he want to do it? No, but that is going to be my answer. Anthony Martial to Newcastle in January. Yeah, I'd love to see it purely because I think he's a bit of a waste of space at United. Yeah, like you said, it may be in a few years if Newcastle climbed up the table, but right now, probably not realistic, but I'm sure Newcastle fans would take it and so would most United fans. Mm-hmm. Um, my one's a bit more realistic. It's going to be James Tarkovsky from Burnley. Burnley struggling this season. He's been linked with moves a lot to like maybe Europa League top 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 half the table teams like the likes of Everton and whatnot. And no one ever seems to really come in for him. And I think Newcastle have conceded the most goals in the Premier League this season, even more than Norwich, which is saying something given how poor Norwich have been. Um, but yeah, I think he'd come in, boss that defence. We've got like Shah in there as well. He could be a captain, a leader, add some experience. I don't think Lascelles has had the best season so far. And I think you'll probably get him for 20-odd million as well. So he's going to, you know, not eat away too much of that £200 million budget that they've got. So mine's going to be Tarkovsky. Um, do, you think he'd, do you think he'd help Newcastle out or do you rather go for Martial? Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, Tarkovsky is obviously a, a better buy. But I do feel like, you know, when these owners that can spend money come in, you've seen it with, with uh, City for signing Rubinho. They do yeah. like a, a just, just to kick it off because... Not only then, you can attract other players because be like, look, we've just bought Martial. We've just bought this yeah, big true. marquee signing. It helps yeah. bring other players in as well. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, it, it, it kind of, it shows you the project. It shows, like, when you're trying to attract players, it's like, look, we're building a project. We've obviously got a lot of money. And look, we can, we can attract players like Anthony Martial to the club. Yeah. So, I, I think... Not you know, looking at the bigger picture, not necessarily how Mar- like obviously Tarkovsky would be better in terms of uh, right. what they need right now. Yeah. But in terms of the project and looking at the bigger picture in terms of the the attractiveness of Newcastle looking through the summer, maybe you know Martial would be a good signing. Do I think who's do I think is more likely to happen? Obviously, I think yours yours is more likely. Yeah. Okay, um, I think that just about wraps it up then. So as I said, go and follow us on the social medias, drop us some questions, check us out on YouTube if you want to see our beautiful faces in video form, obviously. Drop us a follow on Spotify, obviously you can't rate it. I think we asked for that last video, but it is impossible. So <laughs> thing. Don't, yeah, don't run around on Spotify wondering why you can't rate us because you can't do it, lads. But yeah, <laughs> thank you very much for joining us as always. We'll be back next Friday with our review of Liverpool 4, Man United 0 and a preview for the Tottenham games. So that should be pretty interesting and upbeat. So thank you for joining us, boys, and we'll see you later. See you Bye. Back.